All right. Welcome, everybody, to the next podcast from start to finish. To finish. You got it. Yeah. Well, well done. Uh, today, we are honored to have our guest here and employee, Nick Jarrett. 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 Yes, that's okay. how it's said. Two T's. Two T's. And two R's. Two R's. Yes. All right. A lot of people don't get it right. But there you, you go. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about um, t- some of our roots, actually. Our roots in wildfire. And uh, Nick just got back from the Prescott, Arizona, Arizona Wildfire Academy. Um and we're going to talk a little bit about that, um, but I guess a little a bit, little bit of history. Uh, a lot of people know that we started in wildfire and logging, and wildfire was really the core of our business. And uh, we used to chase wildfires. We used to take trailers full of boots, and we'd go to these things called commissaries where all the firefighters were set up, and we would sell boots out of trailers. And that's kind of how... Uh, things got started back in the 80s, 90s, and then um, these academies started popping up, um, Arizona, Colorado, Texas, and we started touring the academies. Um, and that was really marketing back then. You know, we didn't have the interwebs, uh, or we did, but we just weren't really aggressive on there. And so you just kind of travel around to these academies and you'd sell boots. And uh so that was the experience that you had. Let's kind of get into it. Um, first of all, who the heck are you, Nick? Um, well, and, and who is next to you? Could you introduce? Yeah. So this is our good buddy, uh, Luke Larson. Oh, you Luke, might okay. know him from, he's on often on like Reddit and social forums, things yep. like that for Nick's. Like, okay. He does a lot. So he's a great guy. He's a little bit shy. So yeah. take it easy on him today. Okay. Um, he's a good guy though. Um, yeah, he does not look well. His no, he's he's very okay. sick. Oh yeah, there's something right. there's something not. We'll probably quite right let there. him go home. We'll let him really. Go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Paid time off for that guy. We'll just um, pivot from him back to you. <laughs> um, I'm a, a sales associate here. Um, okay. I do in store fitting. Um, I used to be a bootmaker, so I have that kind of under my belt. Okay. Um, and I feel like that helps me describe the process to mm-hmm. a lot of people and help them through fitting. For sure. Um, but yeah, that's just like a little bit of what I do. Here. And as a bootmaker, what what positions specifically did you spend your most time, most of the time in? A lot of time bottoming, which is putting like the soles on the boots. Okay. Um, but also lasting, shanking, uh, healing as well. Okay. Um, a little bit of hooks and eyes, but I was not very good at it. it okay. Was, those hook and eye, the guys that run those are, I know they're good. The I mean, you press is, that pedal yeah. and it's like off like a machine gun. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yep. Oh yeah. So. I've, I've tried it. And I've, <laughs> I've scared myself with it, but mostly bottoming. You did a lot of the yeah. corks, right? You were the cork yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't like that. I was the cork guy. That's always, <laughs> that's the toughest. I'm glad I was out of that. Cause like, I feel like I had to teach, uh, uh, some of the other guys like Jamin and yeah. uh, Connor and, and Alan and the rest of the guys how to yeah. uh, do the caulk boots and they are really there's a reason they're like $800 right now yeah. Oh, <laughs> for yeah. a bear yeah. like the amount of it's so so labor intensive it's ridiculous yep yep well you know that's part of our history as well you know uh, Steve Mao the owner of Nick's um Co-owns it with with Shiler. That was, you know, his his roots are in logging and cork boots. And cork boots are one of the reasons why he bought this company. You know, his dad was a logger and he just remembers 
these spiked cork boots laying around everywhere. And um, that's part of the story. I think when somebody approached him more or less into retirement, uh, somebody said, if you could buy a, buy a business for under this amount of money that made stuff, you should do it. And uh, that's when this opportunity came up and he was just like, boots are in my boots are in my blood, specifically cork boots. Um, you know, there's not a ton of demand for those cork boots anymore, at least in the in the style of boot we make. A lot of them have gone to kind of lighter weight hikers with corks, but mm-hmm. it's something that, um, you know, we don't sell a lot of. And I've I've been tempted to pull them off the website a few times, but I get, I I get slapped I don't on the wrist. I don't think you can. I know, I mean, you, you can't. Can. There's going to be a lot of backlash if you were to doing that. I know. First of all, um, but I but I hear people from love the boot makers. watching it yeah. on YouTube. So That's like right. from like a YouTube standpoint, it you could never best. pull it off. Like every other comment is about uh, was it SpongeBob? Yeah, uh, the by the biker the boots. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yep, yep. We will never uh, we will ne- never get rid of the corks. But yeah, I, I I saw you back there learning the cork game and. With the punch, it's the tough, man. Is that tough. is, is just like one of the most labor intensive ones. We could, it's just the that. fact that we we make the sole like the, it comes in these for the listeners here, it comes in these big square sheets, and we have to draw it with a grease pen where we want to cut it out and then we trim it on this three in one trimmer, yeah. Um, and then we have to sand them down and, and then we can punch all the holes out and then put the there's like two parts to the. There's like the the actual spikes, which are the caulks, right. and then there's the inserts mm-hmm. that go in there. Um, there's just there's just so much. To yeah, it. it's yeah. Just, and like when you think about every other boot, like we don't have to make the sole. The sole is right. made. We just need to be put on there and trimmed. Right, right. Yeah, they should definitely be more money. Than charge. <laughs> yeah, you can't take them off the website though. You can't That's do it. That's right. Yeah. So, anyways, that's a little bit of your your boot background. You kind of shifted up front. Uh, fitting, and then hey, the Arizona Wildfire Academy came up, and we said, "Who would be better to go than somebody that wears a cowboy regular a cowboy hat on a regular basis in a bolo?" <laughs> uh, I I did that trip several times. I'll be honest; I felt a little out of place because I didn't have enough like cowboy vibe in me, and uh, so Shiloh was like, we're, we're, go- "We're going yeah. this year," and I said, "I think I think we know. Who, I think I know who we need to send." <laughs> So, um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, you've been working on boots, selling boots. Tell us about your experience down there. Um, you know, the hotel situation would be would be a, a nice start. And then just kind of your general impression. As an employee, you hear a lot about yeah. wildland fire, you, you know, fire boots, NFPA. This is probably your first experience, like, you know, actually fitting firefighters. Yeah. Um, well, they are certainly underappreciated to say the least, Um, which I'll get into like a little bit of that later, but I suppose right now, like start off my hotel. Yeah. Um, So you suggested a hotel to me. Right. Hotel Vendome, Uh which um, is supposedly a haunted hotel. Yep. And Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp stayed there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, it sounds like just a bunch of ghost cowboys hanging out in an old lobby. Right. Um, and it was when I went in there, so I went in there after check-in, so nobody was there. Um, and then I was on the second floor, so I walked up these super creaky. How did you get your key? Creaky. So it was, it was through, no, it was a, no, no, no. Okay. So they had the, so this is the last place in Arizona that still has the physical keys. That's right. They still have the physical keys to the rooms, but to the actual lobby, there's like a punch in, like an electronic thing. Okay. Um, so I get in there and like 
these steps are super creaky, like super, yeah. super uh-huh. creaky going uh-huh. up there. Oh yeah. Cause I was on the second floor and then yep. when I get up to the second floor, it's pitch black yeah. all the way down the hall. And I can, all I can see is the exit signs that yeah. are like lit up. And I'm like, is this a joke? Like, are they trying to scare people? Like it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, I looked around and I was looking for a light switch. I'm like, somebody must've just forgot about the light switch or something. And I'm like, I don't know if they're just trying to like scare the hell out of me or what's going yeah, on here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's when you realize but, that I had called them at a time <laughs> and told them to turn the lights no, off. No, the, the lights worked in my room, but I'm like, the hallway was pitch black. And then I, I was using my phone light down there yeah. and I'm, I'm like, I hope I don't hear any. If I hear anything, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right now. <laughs> it's funny, you know. I'm I'm just uh, I'm a I'm an anti ghost believer, you know. So when I pitched uh, the idea, I said, you know, it's a really cool hotel. It might be haunted. You you kind of froze in your tracks, and you were like, "Come again? What did you say?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no, this could be this could be really bad." Uh, I, yeah, I was okay. I was really. Like, I've never stayed in any, like, haunted place. So I'm like, how haunted are we talking? Like, if I yeah. hear noises, like, all through the night, I'm not. I'm not going to sleep. And then I'm not going to yeah. work well <laughs> right, the next right. days. Yeah. Um, it ended up being totally fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if I was in room three or 16, I'd be booking it out. Oh, there. yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Because those were, before I, I went in there, I was reading about the rooms. And three and 16 are supposed to be, like, oh, yeah. the most, like, haunted in there. Are so. they are they more expensive or less expensive? I think it's the same, same price, price? Okay. but you just kind of, like, if you get put in there, it's kind of like, too bad, buddy. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. You know, they don't tell you your room beforehand. There so. you go. Well, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I love that place. I've, I've stayed there probably five times and... You know, it seems like a lot of these chain hotels are, are kind of all the same, but there's always some unique experience there. And uh, it was definitely unique. Yeah, it was <laughs> did definitely. You get some, did you get some free complimentary drinks? Uh, no. No. Okay. All I had. So there I was no they had, they like had a complimentary bar, didn't they? The, the bar costed money, no. and I was never I was never there during that because oh, like okay. when I would get back, it was so late okay. already. There's like a happy back. hour thing, I think. But, you, get, you get one drink. Oh, from like I okay. Know, well, I I missed out. I paid okay. for all my drinks all there. <laughs> all right, so you, you you hung out with the ghosts, uh, and then you headed out to the academy. Just just talk about your impressions there. What you know, what was surprising to you? What what you appreciated? Yeah, I mean, Monday night was pretty packed. Uh, just because it was the vendors' night at the yeah. academy. Um, definitely the most fun night out of all of them. Yeah, uh, and I've gotten to. What was cool is like not only did I get to fit like a lot of new incoming students for their like I-90 course. Yep, yep. Um, there was a lot of return Knicks customers that I got a chance to talk to. Okay. They were like, I've been wearing Knicks for like five or like 15 yeah. years. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, hey, how do I get a rebuild or a resale? And they, ne- they just never have gotten yeah. any repair right. work done. And they're just like old beaters. Right, right. And then I'm taking them through the process of how to get them rebuilt and resold. Mm-hmm. But it was cool to talk to some of the people that have had Knicks for like a long time already. Yeah. Yeah, there's a huge amount of appreciation. I, I find that always overwhelming when, you know, a guy might just walk by the booth and he might not have his Knicks on, but you might engage with him a little bit. You know, hey, how's it going? What kind of boots you wear? Oh, Knicks, you know? Mm. Oh, cool. You know, how long have you had them? Or, oh, I've been wearing Knicks for 15, 20 years. It's my, you know, I got four pairs. And, uh, but yeah, it is, I, I am always amazed at how. Poorly, they take care of their boots, and <laughs> yeah, no, no, they don't. They don't take care. It of them. takes our presence at an academy to remind them that they need to like probably send them in to get resold. <laughs> I used to actually bring a lot of boots home, 
for resole and rebuild. Oh, really? No, I had a couple people ask me, like, oh, can you take these home with me? I'm oh, like, I'm okay. flying out. I can't. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think I would I would just shove them in the, the boxes and yeah. So so you had a you had a, like a spin the wheel thing going on. Yeah, right? I had a spin the wheel going. Um our booth vibe was, was super, really good. super packed. Yeah. Um I was fitting like three people at once in there. We had this spinner wheel yeah. that had different prizes on it, such as belt, hats, key fob, laces, kilties, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And basically, whenever someone would spin, they were just hoping for the belt. Yeah. I would, everyone oh, would okay. say, How oh, many belts did you bring? Uh, 35. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And like having a free belt from us is like, yeah, you're, and then, yeah, it's a good belt. That's a good belt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not going anywhere for yeah, a long time. Right, right. Um, so that is definitely a very good deal. Yeah. And um, so, how many people won belts? Were they well, all? We, they were. They were all gone. Wow. So we were all, that that like I said that night. I just got like, wow. I just got robbed dry there yeah, basically yeah. because um, all I had left was laces and kilties. Oh, okay. Because I gave out so much free stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I know, especially people that were wearing Nicks or even some other P and W brands could use like our products, like laces and kilties. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And any, uh, you talked about how initially that you felt like firefighters, wild and firefighters are underappreciated. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Um, just even when it comes to the pay, let's say like for, you're making really good money. Let's say you are a hot shot yeah. and you're working like 60 days on five days off yeah. for half the year. Um, let's say even if you're making 60 or 70 grand yeah. a year, which yeah. is like pretty good money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at that point, like a lot of those guys have families, right? And they're not even able to see yeah. their, you know, their wife or kids, right? For yeah. however long, yeah. So, and just talking to, like, I, I chatted with one of the uh, one of the hot shots from San Diego in a in a bar there one night, mm-hmm. and just the way he described it to me, it seemed like it was like really hard for him to justify it. Yeah. being worth it. Right. Um, right. To an extent, like we, we need these people. Right. We absolutely need them. They're essential, yeah. but he definitely felt underappreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because the, the, the money doesn't make up for the time lost. Right. It never does. Right. Right. As well as the, the hazardous situations that they yeah, find themselves the, in. The amount of, of deaths yeah. is very concerning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you, you you mentioned the the Eric Marsh Foundation. They're obviously key to the event, but mm-hmm. um, I think the awareness there of even PTSD has been, you know, that's really in just the last 10 years or more. But you think about some of the situations. A lot of these guys are young, and you think about the situations that they encounter, mm-hmm. the things that they see, um, experiencing a death of a crew member, or even just being in in some pretty panic situations, you know, those have some serious effects that you can't just kind of brush brush off. And so, uh, you know, shout out to the Eric Marsh Foundation for for doing the work that they do. Uh, we donate to them every year. Uh, we usually run a promo where we we give ten percent of sales for a certain period to that foundation. But um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely whenever I'm there, you know, I set I sense this tension of like underappreciation conditions getting worse, uh, which they are, you know, I mean, mm, yeah. it's like, you know, California is just lighting up every year. Um, but there's also this, like this definite l- pride in the work, you know, mm-hmm. it's not for everybody. Um, 
when I hear people really talking about what their workday is like and for how long they're on a roll, I'm just processing like I'm I'm a huge baby. Like I, I would last like 15 <laughs> yeah. minutes, you know. I, I'm like that's that's when I hear about stuff like that, like the the you know, 12 to 15 hour days where some days they're at, they're at camp the whole day and right. some days they're moving the yeah. entire day. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I, I think I could get myself to do that, but maybe for a, a week or so before I right. wanted to go home and, and see my wife. That's like, right. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just that, yeah. that time away from family is like right. one of the biggest right. parts of that. Right. Yeah. And there's a significant amount of uh, positions that are not getting filled, you know. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of this is really, I think, coming, coming to light and people are realizing the fires are not going away. Um, you can only pitch this as, hey, if you're young and fit and you want an adventure, sign up for so long. You know, for those that want to stay in it as a career, um, there's a lot, a lot going on, uh, you know, at the federal level and the state level for better compensation, which is well-deserved once you start talking to people that have had some serious fire seasons. And that's, I think that's the bigger theme is, you know, it, it was more, you know, in quotes, manageable, I'd say about 10 years ago. Um, but I'd say in the last 10 years, there's a significant awareness now of fires are different. You know, they are bigger, they are more intimidating, um, and that just makes the work all the more stressful. You know, it's not just pre prescribed burns, you know, it's actual significant uh, acreage in, in California. So, um so yeah, no, that's great. I mean, how many people would you say like you fit, like you laced up and fit? Oh, jeez, I don't know. Um, did you get calluses on your fingers? Or? <laughs> no, I did not. Oh, get then calluses. you didn't fit enough. People. Um, yeah. Maybe forty people. Okay. I, I, you know, I fit a surprising number of women there, okay. which is not, yeah, which is not common for Nick's. Like Nick's is yeah. unisex boots and right um, boots for everybody. Yeah, but um, surprising amount of number of of women getting fitted for boots. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah so there's I'm, a I'm lot. Glad. I mean, you probably yeah. saw. I mean, what percent do you think were female there? Um, at the actual academy, uh, probably like less than ten percent. But okay. I just happened to have like a lot of people that were yeah. getting fitted. I don't know if it was like their first year there. Um, probably, yeah, yeah. And they're excited. I think we do have a reputation for for having small sizes, yeah. you know, or just being able to fit narrower feet. So yeah, that was one thing that was good. I brought smaller sizes with me, so yeah. that was actually very helpful for some of those people. Yeah, yeah. That's coming from somebody that has a very, you know, petite foot. Yeah. Uh, a to D's, right? That's What's what you that? wear. A to D's. Uh, a to D's, D's. man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm i like, A's and D's fit the best. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think uh, you just make it work, you know? It's like, dang, those are a little tight, but hey, we're going to make them work. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, that was a, a, a reference to another podcast talking about sizing, which, you know, should be, would be another great topic. You know, there is this kind of mystery of sizing and people splitting hairs over things where really your foot does most of that work, you know, breaking things in. Yeah. An A is going to fit pretty dang tight, but in my case, it feels like my D after it's broken in, you know. Mm -hmm. So any other takeaways from the event that, that you were surprised by or... Um, I was mostly just happy that we got rid of like all of our merch, especially oh, okay. in that first night. <laughs> yeah. It actually made me very happy because I saw everybody walking around with Nick's hats, Nick's belts, kilties. Yeah. And one thing that, that I will say made me really happy was there was a couple of people from other 
maybe PNW or other boot makers yeah. um, that came to the booth to get fitted because they're like, I tried these other ones. They're yeah. not working for me. Yeah. I've heard things about you guys. I want to try with your company now. Right, right. So I fitted them in some of our boots. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just really happy. And I, I saw there was, there was one guy that did like a fit by phone or mm-hmm. something of that. Some, uh, something super custom. Yeah, yeah. With, with another company. The size that he had was absolutely ridiculous. It yeah. was... He should have been a D, and he was like uh, a double or triple F. Yeah, yeah. He was extremely wide, and when I sized him, he's like, yeah, I've had to wear two socks, and they keep slipping around on right, me. I'm like, right. I yeah. see that. Yeah. I see. And I ended up selling him a pair that worked for him, and he yeah. was really happy about it. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing I we do take pride in is is really just giving people the best information we can about sizing. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there is a little bit of an apology tour. I mean, that's not how it always was. You know, uh, mm-hmm. when I first started, people would say these are way too tight and they hurt. And our, our mantra was, you know, just break it in. You know, it needs break in. And, you know, you inevitably would have people coming in um, just like it didn't break in. And then we'd stretch it and they'd be like, well, that still hurts, you know. So I think, um, you know, our experience in in, in Letting the customer kind of gauge what they're comfortable with, I think, has been super beneficial for us. People want us to be the experts, tell me what size I should be, um, but ultimately it's a matter of um, them kind of figuring it out with our assistance, you know, and I think it's been a huge success. Um, that's why my first pair of boots <laughs> was like way too tight, you know. I just remember like getting laced up here and, um, I've had a few different sizes now. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, say that. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think I know what I'm most happy with and work, what works for me with smaller socks in the summer. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like you were saying, you can break it in, I guess. Um, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't you have know? to. Yeah. Um, the, the width and length should be okay. It's more so just the insole. Right. That um, if, you, if you're like, oh, man, it's not, it's really hard. I'm like, well, you got to break yeah. in the insole. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're usually kind of new to the, like the PNW boot world. Right. They're, they're struggling with something like oh, that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I do remember my first pair of builder pros. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm supposed to sell these things and these things are miserable, you know? Uh, yeah. but after a couple months I was like, these are, these are, it's socks. part of the investment. That's it's right. part of the investment. That you yeah. Make. Yeah. Well, let's, let's pivot before we close to hats. Um, you're a hat guy. I'm a hat guy. And you're a bolo guy. Oh, I, I love my bolos too. I should have worn my uh, my middle school bolo. Your middle, <laughs> that was a wonderful picture. Sixth grade, actually. Yeah. yeah, I really, I really like that. Maybe we'll post that. <laughs> uh, that'll be the behind the scenes. Uh, it's a picture of me uh, two feet shorter than a bunch of my lady friends in the sixth grade at a sixth you look grade great. graduation. You look and, great. Uh, I had a bolo on, but uh, yeah, I mean, hats. How, how many cowboy hats do you wear? I have like five, I think. Okay. I've had to get rid of a couple because it got it got to be too much okay. after a while. I had to sell a couple or give some away. <laughs> N- nasty or they were just excessive? No, it's just I had too many. It's kind of like okay. boots and oh, I come yeah. home and my wife is like, oh, you're getting more another set of Packers? Like, uh-huh. She's yeah. like, where are you going to put them? I'm yeah. like, I don't know yet, but I'll make space. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say Prescott, a lot of cowboy hats out there. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I saw a sign for – I don't know if this is true, but it's their claim uh, – Oldest rodeo in the U.S. Oh, interesting. Um, so, okay. or world's first rodeo. 
Well, that's that took place there. Huh. So we'll have to fact um, check Hence that. the amount of cowboy hats yeah. we saw at the academy. There's definitely that cowboy code going yeah, on there. Right. You see a lot of those square toe ostrich skin boots right. and the yeah. cowboy hats. That's just kind of the style. When yeah. they're when they're not in the wildland boots, they're in the cowboy boots. Yep. 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 Did anyone comment on your your cowboy hat or? Um, no, I. You know what? They didn't. But I think that's because people are more accustomed to it. Right. Whereas here, like sometimes in store, I'll get a comment about, oh, you're wearing a bolo tie. I like those things. My grandma yeah. used to wear, used to like have some of yeah. those. Or my grandpa used to wear them. Yeah. And I just, I love native jewelry too. Yeah. I think it's a really cool thing. Yeah, yeah. So what material is that hat? Uh, this is, this is not like a super expensive okay. one. This, uh, I mean, I've got my Stetsons, but this is like, I want to say like a hundred dollar one that I bought in Phoenix. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a, a Stratton made in the USA. Oh, those are actually decent. Yeah. yeah. They specialize in law enforcement. I got this at a, an estate sale. Uh, it came, there was a, a straw one. They came in these plastic cases mm-hmm. and it said like 20 bucks on it. And uh, I think I said, can I give you 20 for both? <laughs> And she was like, absolutely, they're my ex-husbands. You were getting such a deal, they're though. They're my ex-husbands. It's, and a, it's a fur felt, though, right? Huh? It's a fur felt, like a beaver fur felt. You know, I don't know. should say, like, beaver five times, beaver three times on the inside. You know, you're the expert. Um, Usually it's stated on the inside. And if it's pretty stiff, it's probably beaver. We can analyze that later. but um, um, Yeah, I, I will say my other, my straw hat um, that's a little bit similar to this is my... Uh, I got it at the weirdest place. There was a guy, like uh, one of our our lasters here, Andrew. Yeah. He called me up and he's like, hey, there's a guy selling cowboy hats out in front of the Mexican restaurant out next to your really? place. And and I was like, no, you're joking me, man. I'm not, I'm not oh, falling wow. for that. Yeah. And then I went out there <laughs> and I drove out to, you know, El Rancho Chico. Yeah, the yeah. Mexican place. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. There's a there's an old guy sitting outside of there with um, a truck bed full of cowboy hats. No so I kidding. bought one out there. Oh wow! <laughs> it, it was like forty bucks, and I'm like, man, this is a steal. This is awesome. <laughs> Talk about an impulse buy. I love it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up. But uh, no, I'm glad. I'm glad this gives me an excuse to wear mine. I, I used to wear this in a lot of videos. Um, I'm not a cowboy hat guy. I can't pull it off. This is more just, you know, silly so I can pull it off. But um, I will admit, like, I like this style a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Those are called four panel top or something yeah, like that? Yeah. yeah. I used to wear it um, outside and my wife was just like, is this for real? You know? No, that's good. Cool. You can pull that off outside. Well, I though, mean, people especially, think especially you're campfire a campfire sort of. Oh, that's fine. But yeah. like when you wear it out in public, people think, oh, you know, you're a wannabe state trooper or you're, <laughs> you know, he actually worked for the border patrol. As okay. The guy that I, that I got it from, but, uh, this gave me a good excuse to, to wear the hat. So, uh, so to the listeners, uh, Nick, we appreciate you, you coming on here and sharing your experience at Nick's and at the Academy And uh, we just want to thank the listeners for tuning in, and we've got more to come. So we just want to say thank you, and everyone have a great one. All right. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely.